What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Ride Share Rodeo Gig News and Interviews. I'm your host, Steve. Let's get it on. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Rideshare Rodeo Podcast number 310. Happy day after Christmas. This will be the... just want to make sure I'm getting that correct. This will be the last podcast of the year. Yes, it will. <laughs> the next one will be on January 2nd. Um, so there's always a there's always an end of the year and a, and a first one of the year that try and hit on some things. And I was looking at really what I wanted to hit on this year, but you know, in, in all reality, we should be talking about legislation and other things like that, but there's some new problems popping up and, um, oddly we need to get that centered in front of politicians before they start moving on this legislation, which is going to be very difficult to, um, since it's, you know, I don't know, since it's a, a, since it's an election year, um, you know, who knows how anything will play out. So this will be the administration's kind of last pitch the first six months of the year to get any kind of labor law changes through and help any states that want them, which is a number of states. And that's what we've been talking about. But the bigger problem right now that we're facing nationwide is um, is the uh, illegals on the platform. And I've said this many times, but I like to clarify it. I have nothing against people entering this country, but I know a lot of people who have had to do it legally. I know it's not an easy journey. Um, and I know it's a different story, but if, if you guys have never, uh, traveled the world or, um, tried to live somewhere else, even outside of the country, if you're not aware, it's very difficult, even for those of us here in the United States to go live anywhere you want. In most countries, they're going to require, I mean, they're going to require some type of green card, um, that allows you to stay for a while. If you don't, if you don't, if you're not getting married, if you don't, if you don't have a career there, um, something that is like a, a reason why they would let you stay, you're probably not going to be granted a permanent residency. So therefore you've got to juggle and you've, and you know, green cards at some point expire. So they're a lot more tight on letting you into other countries. And I know that that's one of the benefits of this country. However, there is a path to becoming legal in this country and if we allow many to not follow it then you know what's to stop everybody from not following it um and i think that you know i think that what i just said is already being defined right now we've never seen this many people crossing and you know guys this is no longer even a political statement and i love it when things get to that level where it doesn't have to be a political statement because everybody recognizes this problem everyone they might say it in different ways they might approach it differently but everybody i know recognizes a huge problem with this going on <clears throat> from fake accounts to um you know somebody brought up a good comment on a video i made regarding this just recently they commented on there something that i just hadn't thought to say because i think a lot of you already know this but a lot of these apps can allow you to onboard anywhere you want so if you go get a DoorDash account through the Facebook Marketplace for a rural area, you or a DoorDash account, you can go use that DoorDash account anywhere you want. Um, so you can go dash around the country. So you can get it in a market where, oh, okay, they're going to be in this market. But then they go work in other markets. And that's what we're seeing too by this illegal patterns is lots of people just triple saturating and taking offers none of us would ever take. Um and it's it, it's a whole it's a whole problem of its own because a lot of these people to a lot of them even taking all no tip orders and working a 12 hour day can be making up to 10 times what they made in their country so if they're able to cross illegally work here illegally not pay all the insurance dues that we pay on vehicles not have to onboard these apps properly not going through security checks um, let's face it, guys, the people renting these accounts, you don't even know who any of them are. 
I mean, there's no accountability. Um, DoorDash is aware of the problem, and so are other apps too. I'm just singling out DoorDash because they're very aware of it. And although I don't think facial recognition is fully there yet, I don't think that like over in London, they've done a lot of testing with the Microsoft system, hopefully move past that. But facial recognition has gotten a lot better, at least to the degree where if it doesn't work for you, because a lot of times it was low lighting and stuff. So if that was a problem until it is fixed, just turn the lights up. But if it is a problem, there's still verbal passwords that you can use to get on. Because look, even if the facial recognition were to say, this isn't you, but it allowed you to chat with a representative right away and you needed a verbal password and all this, that, and the other, or a two-factor authentication with the, with the phone origin, something that really holds an accountability to the account would really cut down on this. And the thing is, is all these companies already have facial recognition. They've just recognized what I've talked about many times, which is, is just not there. So we don't use it as often as we need to, but we know it's there. I don't do DoorDash very often. And I just recently did like eight DoorDash blocks. So on those blocks, I actually did have to use facial recognition a couple times. And yet I know DoorDash people who do it every day this calendar year who said maybe once, maybe nuns, they had to, uh, use facial recognition this year, maybe no times at all. So to me, it's, it's definitely there. And even with my account, that's, I think that's a good, I mean, it's an indicator. It's not a sign. It's not a big enough study. There's not enough big enough um, amounts of cases that we looked into. I'm just talking about mine. But if like the people I know who maybe didn't get any visual, uh, no, no facial verification requests throughout the year, and dashed every day, let's say, of the year. Now, maybe they took some off, but let's just imagine they dashed every day. Now, I just over the last month or few weeks, three, two, three weeks, dashed eight, eight blocks. And on those, I had to facial recognition three times. That shows they do recognize, hey, this account hasn't been used lately. Let's facial recognition this guy. So why aren't they doing it with the other accounts? Because we're really not hearing about accounts being shut down. Um. I don't know. Very concerning. We'll come back to that in just a second, though. I wanted to real quick talk about this, too. Um, I know that you guys remember me talking about the DoorDash driver who shot the YouTube pr prankster at the Virginia uh, Mall. It, so we got into this a couple times. And you know what we didn't really see was that um, we talked about this, that he was OK. His name his name is Alan uh, Colley, the guy who who was the shooter. And for those who don't remember a quick recap of this, the um, Alan Colley, 31 years old, um, was delivering uh, DoorDash. He was picking it up inside of a mall in Virginia. And as he was leaving, or as he was there at the counter waiting for the food, um, Tanner Cook, age 21, who is a social media prankster, um came up to him and started getting in his face and eventually um collie alan collie got the food he put it you know he was taking it away and as he was walking away um tanner cook came up behind him and started talking and shoving a phone in his face and there's a lot of language missing there even was at the court case but um so he was doing all that and then um and then uh collie alan collie pulls out a gun at extremely close range. If you haven't seen the video footage, you can find it um, just by search, uh, just by searching uh, uh, YouTube prankster shoots DoorDash driver or Dasher. But he pulls it out at extremely short range and shoots Tanner Cook in the um, in the gut or in the stomach. And this was at the Dulles Town Center Mall in April. So what we didn't realize was that... Um, okay, so... Ever since then, uh, we and it's not maybe even that we didn't recognize it. It's just that we know. I don't think I'm not even sure we ever really said it. But Alan Colley did because we were questioning like how the jury came to this decision and whatnot, and they did. They came to the decision that um, uh, so in September, a jury found Colley not guilty of the most serious charge of aggravated. Uh, malicious wounding. However, jurors, whoops. However, jurors handed him a, a guilty verdict of unlawful discharge of a weapon in an occupied building. 
So we were talking about that. I didn't know he was actually put into jail, which makes sense. So he went, Kali went into jail in, in April. And I guess I kind of thought maybe we were waiting to see like what kind of time will he get for this? But I don't know why I'm reading it now, but it was missing from a lot of articles was that he did spend eight months in jail and they applied that towards his September court date. And then just two days before Christmas, he was let out of jail. So he has been in jail this whole time. Um, and that's for the unlawful firing of a weapon um, inside of, you know, basically inside of a mall. And I guess the thing, you know, to take note on is I, I think a lot of times we talked about that. Uh, there was, you know, we kind of knew we were like, well, won't he get charged with the unlawful firing of this? And I think we even had discussions where it's like, yeah, of course he probably will. And he'll face some this, that, and the other charges. I guess we didn't really understand that he already was serving that. I just thought he had to wait till the trial and then he'd have time, but they, because of it, they just did time served. And so he's already out. Um, so they were really over the top certain that this guy was not too far out of his rights. And I, I'm not, I'm not saying one way or the other, we're not reopening this can of worms. I'm just saying that, um, and you know, it's interesting to see that. And it's interesting to see in Dulles, uh, how they treated this because I, you know, from what I've been told from a few people in that area, it's actually not a place where you'd think this crime would be treated that way. There are some states where, I mean, a lot of people who responded to things we were discussing said, oh, of course, like you didn't do anything wrong. You can't push people around like that. So there are a lot of states where that also flies. But this this is an area from what I've been told where most of the time this wouldn't be the outcome. And this would be a bigger deal for having that gun in that place. <clears throat> but it's interesting to learn. A jury found him, all found him not guilty. They found the the person who was bullying guilty. And so this being the last podcast of the year, I guess one thing I will say is, you know, hey, watch who you screw with. Um, it's a different age. Bullying isn't just a um, um, a playground thing anymore. You know, it's not just oh, there's a bully or, you know, if you grew up, um, you know, if, you, if you're a little older, you know, like if there's a bully, sometimes you just, you fight the one bully and it's over. These days, a bully can mean, um, or somebody being bullied could mean uh, a weapon very quickly. And it's it's not just this one instance, because I mean, we see this more and more and more. I'm not trying to sound old here, but, you know, when I was growing up, like that just, yeah, people had weapons here and there. And I even grew up in Michigan. Detroit Lansing is a known um, hotspot for a lot of shootings and things. But even me growing up, I can say it wasn't nearly as common as it is now. I mean, these days, like, people don't settle things. And I don't think all things need to be settled in a fight. But, I mean, like, you don't really hear about that anymore. It's more about shootings and stuff like that. And I don't know. I guess we also didn't have all the school shootings. It's just it's just a crazy world. But at the same time, it's interesting to see how that case played out. Okay, so what else with the end of the year? So um, the New York law. Um, wow, you guys. This is... Uh, hope I didn't just unplug my mic. This is a big deal. Um, so there's a great article. I'm not always on The Guardian. There's a great article from the December 31st uh, written by Wilford uh, Chan, and he's talking about um, on, in New York City optimizing the new um, part-time delivery worker or full-time delivery worker wage law. Um, he said, you know, now, now the new rule guarantees workers near, uh, nearly $30 an hour on trip time. So he's talking about being on a bike. And he's talking about some deliveries here. And he says, so I, so, I, so I stop at red lights, yield to pedestrians. And though I end up arriving a couple minutes late, I feel surprisingly relaxed. My customer seems pleased too. But the delivery bosses are already trying to reassert their dominance. Since the law took effect, delivery apps have made it harder for customers to tip. Previous, previously, apps like DoorDash would ask customers, to tip their courier when placing the order, allowing workers to see the total amount before agreeing to take the job. Now, hold, I want to pause there. We need to clarify, first of all, this is 
this is improper reporting. Um, no, that is not true. It does not allow the drive, the, the, the dashers, whatever they're doing, driving, bikes, walking, whatever. It does not allow them to see the total amount that the worker will make. So let's be very clear on that. It does not. In fact, we've always said it's it's not transparent. You can see that it's going to be this much and it's probably it, it could be more, it could be the same, whatever. So it's a crapshoot sometimes. So no, that is not the case. So now Uber and DoorDash have stopped prompting customers before checkout. And and the and those that still choose to tip can only do so after the delivery is made. And the, the button to tip can be difficult to find. So the apps have also limited when workers can sign on now in New York City and added new customer fees. The tech companies Uber and DoorDash say New York City regulators are to blame. We've been saying from the beginning that if this new standard went through, there was going to, going to have to be a really unpopular uh, or there will have to be really unpopular changes made to the platform. Now, <clears throat> This is kind of what we were talking about was that when you see this minimum wage law, they definitely spun it to their advantage so that the customers think, wow, look at, they're making 30 bucks an hour now. Now they've removed the tip. So they've increased all these fees with the, with, to the customer. And also the customer sees a line item fee that says $2 in New York that says, you know, whatever it says, uh, gig worker minimum wage law because again they're putting it in there before the new year to remind you look at you're paying this amount to get to help those drivers get that 30 dollars minimum wage that you saw but in reality we know that the minimum wage that they set was 17 dollars and 86 cents or whatever it is might be 96 doesn't matter to me regardless call, they call it 30 but it's 1796 and that's because They've already done the utilization rate and said that only 60% of 60% of your time on the app will be will be um, active time. So if they've already st standardized that, so they've kind of, I mean, that's something that because they have algorithms and things that can spit out numbers like nobody's business, they don't ever want to reveal what's in those untransparent boxes that they keep. However, they kind of they can they tipped their hand at how quickly they can come up with a statistic. So when they said, "Listen, we're going to charge, or all your people will get fifty uh, cents a minute," and they said, "Okay, that means that they'll get eighteen eighteen dollars an hour." Don't you think that's weird that the city of New York doesn't go? How the hell do you know that? And what do you mean? We just made it thirty. Why is it going to be eighteen? And and they've already said because their utilization rate will be sixty percent. How do they know that unless they're only going to be feeding you the ability to work 60%? <clears throat> My thought is, and people can correct me if I'm wrong, because I think there's a lot of spinoffs we could talk about with this law. I mean, I think it's going to go completely wrong. We're already seeing the same language that happened with the rideshare drivers when they got this ability there. And all it did was take away the best drivers and careers for the veterans and allowed people with crappier vehicles and um, not as much experience to get on the app and earn a minimum platform fee. So um, with that said, we, and it's in the, the weirdest part about all that is it's the same city. It's New York city that integrated the rideshare one that completely failed, showed everybody, this is the worst idea ever. Let's never do this again. Now they're like, well, let's do it again with delivery. Look, there needs to be changes to delivery. There's no doubt about it. And they are coming next year. But this jump in New York City, I think, is going to be a lot more devastating than people realize. Because right now, DoorDash and Uber Eats and stuff, this wasn't even required of them till February. So why on earth are they in December, two months beforehand, paying drivers more? Because let's be honest, I don't like beating around the bush. Look. They've never cared about paying you a penny more. In fact, they're always trying to find a way to scrape that penny off. Um, you know, like some of the smaller apps that I like, like a Curry and things like that, they come through in straight bids. And the way the the platforms work is more on a um, on a static percentage basis or 
a sliding scale static percentage basis, meaning if they're working with the larger vehicles, they might be taking a larger percent for the loading fees because there's other fees involved and stuff. But if you can, if they can make sense of all that, that's fine. But using a completely dynamic pricing model where I could be standing next to somebody in New York City, we're both on scooters, let's say, and I see an order come through and I don't take it. And then he gets the same order and it's got $2 added to it. They have already figured out which workers do what for what and who are our best. So one thing I would say for sure is that my guess is in the new year, first of all, they're already running this now because it makes them look amazing because they said, never mind, forget, forget February, start running this now and allow drivers to get the 50 cents a, a minute now and let's tr and let's take let's put the tipping at the back end so that all this happens over the holidays and right as the new year pivots january kind of dies off anyway i'm sure in new york city it's still very popular but i mean just the overall delivery work dies off in january people are after the market tapped uh, holidays are passed <clears throat> and after that it'll be a little more buried but what it did is make them look amazing right now because they were able to contact every publication, every news outlet, whatever. Because news outlets, almost all of them are tied to either Uber or DoorDash. Like we know that, you know, like if a if a publication's in bed with Uber, does that mean that you will never see a bad article on Uber? No, no. They do have writers who sometimes they bring in for perspective no matter who their backers are but even those have to go through editors and the publishers who say listen tailor this language back a little bit but we get what you're saying okay so even if it breaks their normal model of backing the companies or whatever but for the most part between uber and doordash they're in bed with somebody at most publications so they will get a positive spin whenever they want one on a story as long as that story makes sense so if they submit a story and say, look at how good we're treating our drivers. Yes, the paper can look at that immediately and go, wait a minute. No joke, they really are treating their drivers that good. Let's 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 uh let's run this story. So all through the past few weeks, almost cover stories around New York, the state of, the nation has been look at how, you know, look at this. And and again, it, yeah, to some people, it looks like a, a fight. DoorDash lost, and they now have to pay this. But in a lot of articles now, it's starting to be spun as, look at this amazing company and how they're doing this. And it's kind of moved away from the true narrative of, dude, <laughs> they fought tooth and nail to not have to pay this. They're now just saying, okay, we had a we had a contingency plan. If we lost, though, now we've lost. And our contingency plan is to run some major PR of it. And that's what they're doing. And come the new year and come into uh, February 8th or whatever it is for the actual date that they must follow the law. My guess is we will see many claims from the gig app companies slash AKA the Flex Association, which is the gig app companies combined, the giants. But my guess is we will see a lawsuit or three or 50 coming at the city of New York um, saying that they no longer will be paying this or this, this, and this, or something that counters their new regulations. I mean, they're already like, um, they're already saying how many they're, they've reduced the amount of people that can be on the platform by a lot. Um, so wait times will soon go up. Um, but again, they, inst it's, I, I hope it's as crazy to you guys as it is to me that I've always said that, you know, okay, so there's this algorithm and over all these years, it's kind of been determining pay and where there's the, the jobs. And But here's the thing, like I've also said that, don't you think that since 2008, 2009, when Travis launched Uber, don't you think in that 15, almost 15 years that, that there's been an algorithmic gain by these companies where they literally can spit out a piece of data about all of us that is almost insane that they know. And I guess that's what I'm kind of getting at is New York said 50 cents a minute is what you're going to pay active time drivers. And they said, cool. So $18 an hour because we'll keep them active 62.4% of an hour. I mean, to me, you shouldn't know that because how do you know the exact volume? How do you know how many DoorDashers you'll let be on the platform? 
how are you going to determine which ones get taken off the platform or off of their dash? Um, you know, like how are you like ending a dash? I mean, like, I don't know. I, there's not enough out right now to tell you that right now. I feel like they're just going with business as usual. You can still dash all, all the things that people are looking for. And they're letting the, the workers dash when they want. It's around the holidays. They're letting the, the people start to see that tipping is going to be more buried. Um, so the people like somebody like me who'd be like, wait, where is the option to tip? Even if I'm paying too much for the service. Again, guys, this is a luxury service. All gig apps are a luxury service. Um, so if you're using them, you're, you are, it, I, to me anyway, it's the same as going out to eat. If you're using delivery apps, you have enough money to go out to eat um, and you have enough money to tip. Now, I know there aren't all these fees when you go out to eat at a restaurant on its on its menu. However, when you use these luxury app platforms, there are fees. So you have to remember that the tip comes after. Um, I've always been an advocate to call this a bid anyway and not a tip because it is a bid. You know, it should, I mean, I've said this before, I, I'll stick to this because I know there's more to it and I actually have a lot more ideas, um, even ones that have broke down to see like actually how detailed could we get this without it being annoying. But the bottom line is, is at the end, just like everything else that they're adding, okay, here's all the food that I want. You know, here's what we're going to order tonight. Here's the total. Here's the processing. Here's the service fee. Here's the $2 New York fee. And then it should just have, or let's not use New York for a second, but here's the here's the bids. And this is where you could say bid zero. But bid zero should show you a prompt saying, hey, not tipping the drivers anything means they're not paid anything. Because I'm an advocate of removing base pay altogether. The apps would benefit from it. The drivers would benefit from it for sure. Because the customers wouldn't get their food. So would that make the customers never use the apps again? I don't think so. But it's always in the way that the apps want to train the customers. And right now they're training the customers in New York. We can see it in real time. Don't worry about tipping. And you've seen the news. Our DoorDashers are making $30 an hour. No, they're not. Because most of them aren't active for an hour. And we already know that the goal is to get them down to an active 65 to 60 to 65% of the time. So even if right now during the holidays, you've got them active all the time, they're like, this is pretty cool, I'm making 30 bucks. I can already tell you, I've talked to a lot of people who have seen the tip decrease big time. Um, and we already know that's integrated. So, I mean, are they making more right now in New York City, the drivers? Only they would know. And each of them, the few, the few I've talked to, some, some have said not real differences. Some have said they've already noticed a, a hit in the pay. And that's what happened with the rideshare driver people that I knew. The veterans almost immediately realized, wait a minute, no, not and not only this will hurt my pay, but it already is. And I think that that's what has happened here is that it they're already saying, wait a minute, I'm not getting my tips. And to them, it might be like, yeah, I was active for three quarter. I was active for, you know, whatever. Um, 45 minutes of an hour. Okay, 45 minutes of an hour would be three quarters of 30 bucks. So what, you know, you're looking at uh, 15 and 750. So you're looking at 2250. So they made 2250 if they were active for 45 minutes in New York City. Now, a lot of people who work the hardest hours, bust their butt in bad weather, work the night shifts, all that kind of stuff, 2250 to them is not going to be much money. And if that's like above what they what new york city says is going to be the control number of what minimum wage will be is it going to be 18 bucks that's 60 percent optimization of every hour that means you will be lucky to be able to occupy 60 percent of your time on the app so i'm way above that with three quarters i'm at 75 <clears> percent <throat> and already there drivers i know are saying i'm not seeing the tips I'm sure part of it's because they've removed it. Because I, I know that New York City, of all places, that's a place that understands tipping culture. And they do tip. Um, a lot of people there live in apartments and high-rises and stuff. So they're they're very used to tipping. I mean, like a lot of us are, but very much so there. So how does this how does this fare? I, I don't know. I do know that I wouldn't want to be there. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be 
working under this system that could appear okay. I've talked to some who thinks it, it appears okay. Um, but to me, you know, the legislation that we're looking at, there's only a couple states that are truly going for like um, what we believe at driverrights.org. Let me put that up here anyway, in case, just in case I run this on the YouTube channel, which I might, I might. I'm going to put this up because I haven't in a while. So you guys, if you have not, uh, okay. If you have not been to this yet, please go to this website, driverrights.org, driverrights.org. You will see that this will come into play next year big time. Um, what we are doing there is has over 70,000 signatures, might even be over 75,000 now. But um, and that's nationwide. That's not worldwide. That's just here in the in the United States. But we have over seventy five thousand gig workers who have signed their name to what we think are the basic standard rights. So if you go here, driverrights.org, and you agree with what the basic rights are, they're a little bit different than you guys might think too. I'm not gonna. I'll, I'm gonna save the surprise for you because I think you guys should all go before the new year and add your name. And since this is the last podcast of the new year. Um, I would say do it. Get on there before the end of the year with your name and your state. And there's even a prompt to help you write your congressman. And it's not anything mean that will, you know, appear bad on you or reflect poorly on you. It's just telling your congressman you want things to remain flexible. You want to own your data. Again, I won't give it all away, but there's four basic principles we believe in. So check it out and put your name to it if you it takes about a minute, tops. Um but yeah, I don't I don't agree with a lot of this. I do believe that what we have pushed for here, some of the states are just going for that, just transparency, um, a little more than just upfront pricing, though. You have to be transparent, maybe trying to get to a more static number. Um, but I know that all the states' legislations, no matter what appears to be okay or whatnot, is being backhanded by these companies in such a way that Look, I'm not saying we always have to bow down and say, okay, whatever these companies want, but it's also a game of don't push them too far or else they have to change their model altogether. I mean, if, if they if it goes to an employee model, guys, it's it's game over. It really is. I mean, I don't even know how, when I talk to some people, even the people who push hard for these some of these union type things, I'm like, you guys know you're pushing for a W-2 job, right? And they're like, no, I would never work for them for a W-2. I'm like, you know, I'm, the way this push is happening, I know some people can say, dude, you don't have to be a W-2 worker to be able to be unionized. You don't. But in this situation, you would be because the gig economy has already been around. There's been like Prop 22 agreed to no um, collective bargaining. There's been already just too much murkiness in the water. And to be honest, at this point, if there's going to be a union with the gig economy, it's going to be because you're a W-2 employee in the gig economy. There won't be unions for people who are just um, on demand or flex time or self-employed freelancers, whatever you want to call it, especially if you're multi-apping because that causes a whole different scenario too. Now you are working for multiple things. Um, in no way is that going to, is that going to work? And W-2 just won't work. We already know that even if California was going to pull out before they allowed the Prop 22 vote after AB5, but even after Cal, even if they're the gig apps were going to pull out of California, they were still ready for a long battle. Where if that battle had lost, the only thing they could have hail married and tried was the franchise model. And under the franchise model, you would have people um, having to reapply for their jobs so let's say like a, if the franchise model came down in a state so do you want to be a w-2 worker i'd say no so already i'm out luckily that would help maybe somebody else's chance but here's the thing nobody is automatically carried over if it goes to franchise or a w-2 model you, you now have to apply for your job with a franchisee or something and you also have to work where they tell you you have to work when they tell you um, there might, I mean, they're, you know, I've interviewed people who have said, you know, flexibility would be gone. They, and they've argued, the only people that have argued it have said it doesn't have to be gone. I'm like, it doesn't have to, but you can't name one career in this world that is a W2 position that just lets you come and go whenever you want and work whenever you want. And I've challenged them all and nobody can tell me one. So there, if there's not one, 
then I can tell you these gig apps are not planning on being the first. So, you know, look, I've been doing this for a long time now. You know, the website's been going since March of 2017. I've been working the gig economy rideshare since 2015. Um, we are now in the final days of uh, 2023. So, you know, it's going to be about 10 years in the gig economy for me almost. Um, I have a lot of classical gig economy work too. Uh, more of like, you know, location services, like uh, production work, staging, lasers, lighting, sound, um, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but at the... So in New York, we're going to see a lot of people hurt from this. Um, and that's too bad. It really is. Um, sorry, guys. I was trying to get to the website here. Oh, by the way, um, let me plug that real quick, too. Uh, might as well throw it up. I'm, I, I'm sure this is somehow going to run. <laughs> so just bear with me, guys. Uh, this being the last one of the year, I'll probably, I'll probably run it as it is, even though it's just me on here. So uh, the website used to have to go to uberliftdrivers.com. That was the website from 2017. Stayed that way till uh, 2020 when I started the Rideshare Rodeo po audio podcast. And then it was 2021 that I came over to YouTube um, and other platforms. But the audio podcast, ridesharerodeo.com, always just uh, forwarded to uberliftdrivers.com. Now you can go to ridesharerodeo.com. And let me put it up there. You can go to ridesharerodeo.com. And from there at the top, you have uh, home, gig news, blog, subscribe, para, YouTube, and other social medias. You can also pick uh, Google, Spotify, um, Amazon, Pandora, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Player FM, uh, and a few other popular pod players uh, to listen on. Or you can listen and download every podcast from the landing page of rideshare um this episode is 310 so there's 310 to download um going back and uh yeah so that's already up a couple changes will be made on that but that's been really dialed i'm happy that happened before the end of the year because that was gonna be something that i i said in the early part of 2024 the website will redirect to itself and it's always nice when you get ahead of something so it's already live there will be a couple changes in the near, but nothing where I'm saying hold off it. No, go to it now. Go check it out because um, it's kind of the hub now for everything. And the second one over gig news blog, that'll launch a new tab, which will launch Uber Lyft drivers or the what is now coming up on seven years of a daily news post. Um, so we've got a lot up there. Uh, but yeah, this um, let me see if there was something else in this article I wanted to pull up with you guys. So, um, again, I'm gonna put this back up to make sure you guys check out driverrights.org, not drivers, driver singular rights.org. Uh, just check it out, see what you guys think. Oh, so the other thing that, um, I think that we all know, walk on carefully here, is that. Never have the gig, look, a gig app comes out of the gate, especially these giants. Again, let's just talk about the giants for a second, because some of the other smaller ones I believe in, and some of the other smaller ones I don't believe in as much. But I do believe there are some smaller ones that are very much, you know, I'll use Curry, Curry, you know, even Paraworks, the, the, what's being passed on, um, so some companies I can't speak to on the inside for, you know, I would hope that it delivered and delivered that from what we've heard. They're at least trying to be better, but I can tell you from the Paraworks and the Curry side, what they take is a more than a fair thing on Paraworks. It's so nominal. What Para takes on each transaction is like $2. So it's just a very flat nothing on the Paraworks or whatever it is. But on the Curry side, it's an actual figured amount and like i said with larger vehicles it changes the dynamic but it's never a dynamic pricing schedule on how the bids go to the drivers so like the the bids are the bids you know and um you know when they go up they go up curry has a way of knocking them up quicker too but very transparent 
I've always said, if you're going to be 100% transparent and not have an acceptance rate, I'm all for your app. Even if every offer is one cent, because if people can afford to take one cent, hey, more power to them, I guess, go do it. I can't. But I can say that at least if you're being 100% transparent, you're being fair to me. And if you're being fair, then what can I say? <laughs> I mean, to be honest, you know, like you, we really can't ask more than that because otherwise we start to infringe on where we want the government to draw its lines when we want to start a business. I mean, do you want the government breathing down your neck when you're doing everything right? And if they're being transparent, they can put out any amount they want. It's just up to us to use our heads and not stupidly accept things that are 12 miles of driving for a dollar. I mean, there's a limit to where even just basic entry-level people trying, thinking, okay, I got to take these. But then, therefore, you got to get rid of the acceptance rate. You got to get rid of the multi-tiers. We're going to be talking about my little DoorDash experiment later this week. But um, in the new year, I think that's a huge thing. I think it's huge that um, we need to get, you know, we're going to see it in the states pushing anyway. Acceptance rates needs to be removed from apps, but also it needs to be removed from apps as the psychological warfare. And I've been interested to see that part in the states that are pushing legislation that they actually acknowledge. Yeah, we want it removed on the level where you actually use it as a metric of performance for drivers, but we also want you removing it so that the drivers don't even see it. Because that tells me that at least that, you know, we've always known the lawmakers fully don't understand these apps, but it tells me they're starting to get it a little more. Because if they say, listen, we understand that if you remove acceptance rate, it's not a factor on, the, uh, on a metric on them okay, that's what we're asking for. But we're also asking you to remove it completely from the app because there's no reason a driver should have to see that. To me, that's a that's a big deal um, because I do think that, I mean, we know for a fact, a new driver on a platform, look, most of them don't come to YouTube and other things first and, and see, you know, okay, let me do 20 hours of research before I turn this app on. Once they turn it on, they turn it on. Once you start seeing those kind of numbers, it'll take you a while to go, wait a minute, Wait, why does it change colors on my uh, on-time deliveries every 10% I go down? Why does the number go? Why is there a number? Why is there an acceptance rate? Why are these numbers here and why do they change colors and why do they matter? And then to find out that there are multiple tiers, there's a diamond, there's top dasher, but top dasher is getting lost because there is no real perk to it like New York City is about to prove. Um you know, we we watch tipping culture leave because of Prop 22 from California. Very few tip anymore. Um, and that's because people just milk the clock kind of thing. That's what's going to happen in New York. But you're milking the clock for next to nothing. So it's one of those, be careful what you wish for because you just might get it. A lot of places, you know, I I still to this day, I almost say it weekly that it's sad that we couldn't define this hybrid space before before all these legislation laws and things start getting out of hand because at the same time that these companies keep a great rapport with cities and states and taking people to voting and to hospital visits and working with elderly and this that and the other they're also burning bridges so they do a lot of free stuff for cities and states They get them a little clout, but they've pissed these cities and states off some of them to such lengths and such measures that it's, it doesn't matter what free stuff they're doing. And now here's the drivers caught in the crosshairs. And again, we've seen honeymoon periods with pay. We've seen legit apps hover at pay and take care of it and whatever. Um, Curry's a good example of that again. Um, See, it's hard for me to talk about other companies. I can talk about Paraworks too, but um, that's such a small, small factor. But most of the companies, I don't have that inside information on. Like Curry, I do. Paraworks, I do. Um, and the numbers for Paraworks are just slim margins right now getting into it. But with Curry, they're already making money, but so are the drivers. I mean, are there drivers in some markets that are very unhappy with Curry? Sure. You know, but they might be unhappy just because there's no orders. And that's not anybody's fault. You know, Curry can only have whatever accounts it gets. It's all up to that. Once they have accounts in your area, you'll love it. Because it does pay better and treat the drivers better. So, but I mean, if they don't have many contracts in your area, then you, you're probably not in love with the app yet. 
but most of these apps have i mean i i'm having trouble going back other than like if some people wanted to argue about prop 22 or maybe this new new york thing we've never really seen uber lyft instacart doordash grubhub any of the giants really raise prices up for gig workers it's not even really an ebb and a flow the only way that they ebb and flow is by doing weird stuff in gamification take this amount of trips do this for the bonus do this do that and i mean heck we know some of the most veteran people who only go out and work when there's the bonuses or the games and yet they're against these but they know it's the way to make money and uh unfortunately i think it's sad that that's how they think that money needs to be made yet they are offering 700 to a thousand dollars plus bonuses to bring on new dashers or new lift drivers to me that's not the solution stop i mean you have you have oversaturation times two you have more 10 times more supply than demand and now you have triple oversaturation from illegals that you aren't breaking down on and I honestly think that's the biggest problem in the new year out of the gate we'll face is a very slow January to begin with, but one with triple oversaturation. So it's almost like I hope all of you are planning a two to three week vacation, staycation, something, because it might be a good time just to break from the app and let them see that, you know, that this is a problem. Because if it's just the illegal oversaturation and everybody kind of paused, but it's going to be hard to see for a minute until the volume gets back up. And unfortunately, until the lawmakers make an issue of it, DoorDash ain't going to do a damn thing about it. Because why would they investigate an account? Let's be honest, guys. I don't care. I'm going to be honest here. If DoorDash knew an account was being rented to three illegals, but those illegals are all taking no tip orders and and they all work eight hours shifts. So they're running the car 24 hours a day and they're taking every no tip order. Do you think DoorDash is going to do a facial recognition on them? And if you, if you do think that, why haven't they already? Because they do facial recognitions on me. Why on those legal accounts don't they? And, and have they on one or two? Maybe. But have they on any macro level? Absolutely not. So um, as this year comes to a close, uh, there were some ups in 2023, but pretty much um, um, almost like a lame duck session, really. You know, like was much accomplished in 2023 to improve the gig economy? Not really. Was much done to level it? Not really. Some new lawsuits some of the same old, same old, but the problem is, is that next year we roll into a POTUS election year and there will be things done in the beginning of the year and post-election. So it can be, it's going to be very um, extreme at points maybe, but some states are going to stick to their guns, go through with the legislation and will most people like it? In my opinion, the ones I've read, you will not like. I did not see benefits to full-time multi-appers in any of the legislation I've been reading. But we will be getting into that in the new year. Um, I've got many guests coming up. Kim Cavan, got Mike Harubi. Still going to do that second round table of the independent contractor rule change as soon as we get the green light, which will be, Kim said, fairly, fairly quickly in the new year. So I don't know exactly what that means, but I think she meant for sure in the month of January. I took it as a, maybe even the couple, first couple weeks. But we'll see. And as soon as we do, we'll have Karen, Kim, Mike and myself to do a round table. And other than that, you guys, we're going to be talking about some of this stuff, some of the other stuff, some of this, that, and the other really in the new year. And, you know, 2024, I've been saying this for other apps. I, I think it could be a huge year for the smaller apps and maybe not the most fun year for the giants who will still be around forever. Uber, DoorDash aren't going anywhere, but this could be a, a year they kind of spend in court everywhere in the world. Um, I mean, Uber, not DoorDash, but, and then in a lot of states for DoorDash. And it, I feel like this is going to be a very big legal year for battling for them in a defensive mode. And yet there's a lot of smaller apps who have recognized these little downfalls and said, let's take advantage of these. And so therefore, um, I don't know, we'll see in the new year, but I'm hoping on it's the little guys year. 
I'm hoping all the best to all of you guys, to all of the, all the good companies out there, you know, um, all the, you know, look at another thing that we got to get, make sure that happens. It's on some States legislations is that, uh, the ability to use any and all tools at our disposal as gig workers, if we're going to be independent contractors, um, there's a lot of apps, third-party apps that some of us like to use. It would be great if law and regulation can define that as okay and acceptable. Um, it's also going to become very important that uh, that there is something to go along with wrongful deactivations because the companies are realizing they're oversaturated by such a level, but taking that saturation level away might not be the illegals as it should be it might be taking away more veteran drivers on the big platforms and leaving the illegals who are taking everything we'll see guys but listen you know keep at it if something isn't making you money get on other apps and like i've said if you can you know no harm no foul but just my opinion my 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 last thing to you guys for this year onboard to two new apps at least between now and the new year it's the what it's the 26th of december before the new year on board to one new app pick one you've been looking at or if you haven't um email me steve at rideshare happy to throw you guys an idea um if you tell me the other apps you're working but if not i mean really there's a whole ton of apps to onboard to onboard to something new and uh give it a try and then see in the new year too maybe onboard to a couple of things but other than that, you guys, that is the year. That's a year. And uh, <laughs> um, it's been an interesting year for sure. And uh, I'm glad that I'm glad that um, we got to do the ups and downs together. I'm glad to see the podcast grow so big this year. And thank you guys for all making that possible. We'll see you back here next week, which will be next year for the first rideshare rodeo of the new year until then be safe earn smart and happy new year everybody